And hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Way of the Truth Wire. My name is David Whitehead. I'm very happy to be today. It is Monday, January 17th, 2021, 22. Which year is it? I doth not know. Um, but anyways, here we are, guys. I hope you're all well, wherever you are in the world. So much is going on. And I have a wonderful guest hailing all the way from Australia who's going to be joining me here. His name is Craig Schultz, and you may have uh, caught some of the interviews that I did on his podcast that uh, really started to get a lot of attention. And I felt like this gentleman, he's got a lot of information to share. He's got a really great platform. It's called the One Shot Movement Podcast, and he's been covering all kinds of uh, different things in the world of business. He's an entrepreneur. Um, here, I'll give you a little background on if you're not aware of who Craig Schultz is, you have to go and check out his work and he does a really, really good show as well. He is one of the world's leading lifestyle entrepreneurs who have created a lifestyle by design throughout and throughout Craig's 20 years in business. He always positioned himself in front of the latest trends, moving from the corporate world to traditional business, owning five fitness clubs. Craig has now created a global business where he he has products that are shipping over to 100 different countries, and his vision, mission, and values are all around creating a lifestyle by design, which is about creating complete time and financial freedom. Craig is now inspiring others to do the same by building their next generation of lifestyle leaders. And I will add to that because he has upped his podcast game into a whole other dimension of covering all of the things that have been going on in this crazy time in which we live. He's had the likes of uh, people like Dr. David Martin and, and many others. Um, and uh, I've just really enjoyed having my conversations with him. So I thought it'd be great to have him come on my show and give us an update on what's going on in Australia. Tell us a little bit about his background and his wonderful show and share his thoughts about where he sees things going. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring him right in. There he is, Craig. Thank you so much for joining me, brother. So happy to have you on my platform. We're switching roles today, and I'm glad to have you, man. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking to, uh, to this conversation and, and continuing our relationship. What you've been doing is absolutely phenomenal, and I'm just a big raving fan of the cult of the medics. So uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Oh, hey, well, I'm honored to have you here. And I, I think that we are kindred spirits in that I just love the energy that you um, come with and the basic philosophy behind your work, which is you're a supporter of that free-spirited individual that wants to go out and live a successful, happy, abundant life. Uh, the entrepreneur, the spirit of the entrepreneur. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since 2007 and I am now unhirable. There's no way I could go get a job anymore. Um, so I just love people like you who go out there and you take the initiative. You've created your own business. You've worked in a lot of different fields of, of business and industry. You now have a podcast that's doing really, really well. The lineup of guests that you had is just amazing. And I'm so glad that people like you have chosen to cover these subjects because I guess, you know, in sort of mainstream society, there's a bit of a risk, isn't there, to ch change directions. You know, you've built your platform around helping people with business and inspiring them and, and health and all of that. But then when this pandemic happened, and you live in Australia, so we can get some updates on what's going on there. But I'm sure that must have been a bit intense for you uh, in the beginning to sort of change direction. Go, well, I'm going to start covering this stuff and I'm going to be bold and I'm going to step outside the box and start challenging the mainstream narrative and bringing on these different guests that are all being censored all over the Internet. How has that response been? Has that, 
Uh, is oh. it kind of pro and con? Have you felt that you've built your work even bigger now that you've been uh, including this into what you're doing? Uh, how's that been working out for you? Look, I mean, a, uh, an incredible question, and I'll, I'll come back to truth and freedom, which are two of my most important words to me. I've, I've always treated the world as my oyster, and my, one of my number one values is freedom to do what I want, when I want, with whoever I want, and not do that with restriction. So my values have been really challenged through this. But just a quick rewind, you did mention that I have been in the fitness industry. I own five gyms, set up 22 franchises, built a seven-figure online business, um, build an eight-figure property portfolio. So an entrepreneur that's been out there to try and break the matrix for a very long time, we can talk a little bit about that part of the story, but it's important to know this context before I answer that question. But for me, when I've been coaching people for so long, I've always said, when you are doing business, be careful of alienating your customer base with controversial topics like talking about religion, talking about politics, talking about any war or anything like that that could cut your customer base in half. So for 20 years, I've been that person that's followed that philosophy. Now, um, getting back to your question, in May 2020, and I can tell you how I got to this position through understanding what's been going on as well. But just to specifically hone in on the question, I was sitting at the table. I said, I actually know what's going on here. I've got two little kids and I want my children to grow up in a society where they get to treat the world as their oyster. So I said to them, uh, and it would be irresponsible for me to answer the question in 20 years time when my two kids come up to me and they said daddy what you know what did you do in 2020 when we were under attack and the fact that I knew what was going on and a response of oh look you know I just sat back I, I was able to write it out because I was in a really good financial position and you know so I made a decision I drew a line in the sand then where I said hey I'm going to speak up. I'm going to go against all my uh, rules and philosophies and coaching advice. And I, I went out on a limb and I said, look, we are being absolutely screwed over here. And I've got all the evidence, you know, they're trying to sell us one plus one equals four. And I really went out on a big limb and I built a podcast prior to this, the One Shot Movement podcast, where I interviewed over a hundred of the biggest thought leaders in the world, entrepreneurs, sports stars, people that have played at, you know, NFL football level, been in the UFC, um, all sorts of, you know, phenomenal business people. And I said, this is my skill. Just like you, you've got the ability to go out and, and do this. So I created a, a sideshow called Navigating the Fog to Thrive on the Other Side. And that was about teaching people what was going on right now and help you save yourself from yourself so you don't walk into the ambush. But then on the other side of that, help people thrive, you know, how to become financially independent, how to look after yourself, how to think for yourself. You know, that's been one of the big things that have been lost in this common sense. So back right. to your question, I guess, you know, that's really what drove me. I knew what was going on. I broke all of my rules. What happened there? I got challenged. I got attacked because I was one of the only people in Australia at the time really speaking up. I did lose business. I did lose friendships. I did have challenging conversations with family members, really awkward conversations. And um, But as I said, I will not deviate off this stance until I see uh, more evidence to prove that I'm wrong. And I'd happily be wrong. Don't get me wrong. But um, 
you know, I just basically said, you know, and I, I continue to go hard. I've been censored offline like four or five times um, and my show's grown. I've had the likes of Mickey Willis, David Martin, got Peter McCullough, you know, all the big names that everybody knows on the show. And um, But my brand has grown and my relationships with people that have just said, look, I just I don't have the courage to do what you do, but I hang on to every word you say. You know, you are somebody that really speaking truth and I know it, I can see it. And, you know, I, I feel that my connection with potential customers on the other side of this and, and people and, and the respect that people have for me for taking that line in the sand and really putting myself out there is, uh, you know, whatever happens in the future will happen. But I just feel that I've amplified my relationships, my brand with the people that I want to associate with moving forward beyond this mess. Oh man, you're giving me goosebumps. I just love it. That's such a great story. I'm so glad that you're growing uh, what you're doing. And when I looked at everything going on and started to see it, and I, I'm an entrepreneur as well, I figured, okay, well, the business owners of the world are really going to stand up here because we're getting, especially in the middle class, right? The average mom and pop shop, small business owner, independent business owner, uh, the gun is on our heads here because, uh, you know, we've talked on your podcast about how there seems to be an agenda here to eradicate a small business, eliminate competition and funnel income and, and funds and customers only to these big box stores that are all owned by the same people. Um, and so I thought, well, we should have a massive uprising by all the entrepreneurs of the world, all the business owners. And though we did, um, I was a little disappointed. And I think, I, I think that maybe a lot of people most of them had bricks and mortar businesses that were being threatened if they didn't comply. So of course we understand that there were some in Canada. We had, um, it kind of got kicked off by a guy that ran a little place called Adamson's barbecue. Um, I think it was in Etobicoke, Ontario. And he was the first guy to say, I am serving sandwiches to my customers. I don't care what these guys say. And they sent a literal army of police over there to block him off. They tried to weld his door shut. Um, and they brought mounted cops there. And it was just incredible. This was, this was over a year ago now. And then the guy got arrested and it just started a whole thing. So I went, okay, there's some entrepreneurs that, that, that are standing up for their freedom to open their business and run their business. And, um, and then, you know, it started to pick up steam and now we're seeing gym owners come out. We're seeing, um, a lot and you own, you own gyms. I've owned gyms. And, uh, I think that that's a really cool thing is the people in the fitness industry are really getting this because they know, and they value their health. They open those businesses because they value being proactive about your health and offering a facility and a business model to people where they can go and be proactive about their health and when, or their health. And then when the government comes in and goes, in order to save your health, we need to shut down your health clubs and make sure that you hide in your house and do all these things that are antithetical to your health. Oh my God, it's incredible. Did you, coming from that background of being in that health field and, and now interviewing all these experts and, and people on your show, do you feel you've gotten a totally different picture of things now, of business, of the health industry, uh, of the way the world works? Like, was this a crash course or had you... Already before this started to happen, did you already kind of know that some of this was coming? Like, was it a shock to you? Kind of tell us about your entry into switching things up on your show. It's a really great question. And um, I guess my first dipping my toe into the, the water here, and, and I always look at reflecting back 
and joining the dots. And it's really easy to do along my journey. There's a number of different things here that I've connected over time. And I remember getting shared a documentary as somebody in the fitness industry at the time um, I'm always looking for cutting edge, whether it's new nutritional supplements, whether it was new weight loss, you know, regimes, you know, I'm really interested in that. And I was uh, given a documentary called Food Inc. back in 2007. And I, it was like the documentary was all about, you know, basically creating chickens to be at full size in, you know, the space of like five weeks. And, you know, it was like manufactured machine farms into fridges. And that was like, whoa, big agriculture don't really have our back here. So I changed my eating behaviours at the time. And anyway, that was just a mental note. And then we move into the global financial crisis and I nearly lost everything through that. So my first six years in business were phenomenal. It was like everything I touched nearly turned to gold. I was making good money. I was investing in property. And then in the global financial crisis, the bank stopped lending me money. So I couldn't sell franchises anymore. So someone wanted to buy a business opportunity and the bank would say, oh, no, no. We're not lending for new businesses at the moment. Then I'd just signed two new contracts and the bank just said, we're not going to pay for the fit out. So there's hundreds of thousands of dollars and I was able to use my property to secure that. And then the US dollar dropped to a point where my equipment costs went up hundreds of thousands of dollars overnight. Then all my clients said, Craig, I love you, but... Um, we're worried about our own finance because we're in a global financial crisis. And I said, okay, big banking and big government don't have our backs anymore. And I looked at the the hist another documentary, the history of uh, uh, the financial history from sugar, you know, through to you know, where we were at the time. And then um, I started pr promoting nutritional supplements, traveling all around the world. And I started traveling and having dinners with Nobel Prize nominee doctors around nutrition and stuff. And I learned there that Big, big Pharma was creating customers for life. And I'm like going, okay, we've got big agriculture, we've got big banking, government, and now Big Pharma, they don't have our back. And then in 2014, my wife and I, we lost our first son who was a stillborn baby. And That's through funny. the intervention of that, I come across a guy that, he was a bit of a spiritual guy and took me on this uh, a new journey of a, a bit of a spiritual awakening, if that's what you want to call it. And I started learning a whole lot of stuff. I was asking a lot more questions. And that's one of the keys. And I know you're big on this about asking questions. And that sort of taught me about, you know, insights into religion and all sorts of different things. So along my journey, I've just started to join some dots. And um, then I'd traveled to 120 different cities and I'd, I'd actually been caught up in cult issues. Uh, I'd actually travelled to Zambia and I saw a takeover of China in Zambia by a, a legislative deal called the Belt and Road Initiative, which they were trying to implement into Australia. And I'm going, hang on, um, they own Zambia now. So I'm like, going, when 2020 come, I'm like, on the Belt and Road deal, like this is happening, this is happening. Oh, I know what's going on like that. And right. long answer, it was uh, not like you that is just a student of this. I've sort of learned this through experience and actually the ability to ask questions for myself, say, look, this doesn't make any sense, you know? And I guess to get back to your question, when I nearly lost everything in 2008 to 10 through the global financial crisis, I draw a line in the sand then and said, 
I will never, ever, ever be in this position again. So I said, I'm not going to have all my eggs into these bricks and mortar businesses that serve these local communities anymore because the governments can just come and screw me over and shut me down. So I'm going to build an online business. I'm going to use the internet. I'm going to use social media. I'm going to have smartphone technology. I'm going to have customers all around the world. So if Australia shuts down, doesn't matter. I've got business in India. If India shuts down, doesn't matter. I've got business in Europe like that. So that was my philosophy. So I go on 10 years and get myself out of what I call the matrix, their system financially, and get myself into this. And I said, if I didn't make that decision then, I was bankrupt in 2020. Having five gyms being locked down for 300 days in lockdowns in Australia, I was dead in the water. And I say to people now, if you do not take this lesson now, when the next plan with climate change or whatever they want to roll out next time and you can't put yourself in a position to write it out you know you know you you shame on you (laughs) that's what I would say so take the lessons from that are really important to I guess reflect and 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 take a look back along your journey and see if there's anything that can you know give you enlightenment as well that's incredible and uh, that's yeah what you're saying about going through it experiencing it I, I guess that's why I'm thinking, you know, the entrepreneurs of the world, the people that know how to go out and start a business and make it work and, you know, build something, um, they would have that direct experience more than the average person who's just working a job, you know, and, and also you have the skills to, if something blows up, you know how to build something else, you know how to fix things, you know, you, and, and you switching strategies. That's something that I had to do. I lost my bricks and mortar business. Uh, overnight, like so many did. And then I was fortunate I was doing this on the side and learning about online um, just because I saw that's where the trends were going. And thank God I I did some of that. So I was able to keep my family going through all, all of this and not have to take money from the government. Um, I know a lot of people sadly have to do that. They're put in that position. But are you, so are you doing in your shows, on your site, with your work, are you also helping to educate people about how to become an entrepreneur, how to uh, sort of follow in those footsteps and build income for themselves and their family. Um, Are you seeing sort of a movement of that? Because now everybody's losing their job. What better way than to learn how to become an entrepreneur and work for yourself, you know? Yeah, look, it's a good question. The name of my show, I sort of sat there and thought about it and I take myself back to the philosophies that I've always taken in terms of mentorship, coaching, learn from the most experienced people in the world. And the whole idea of having a coach is actually to fast track or save you from destruction. So the idea of navigating the fog. So if you don't know what you're doing or you haven't been, you know, into the information that you're delivering on a, a you know, a weekly basis there or what you've been doing for 20 years, navigating through the fog there, you can just absolutely end up anywhere. So the half my show is built on helping people learn about this stuff. So when you talk about your thousands years and all that stuff, that there's to help people go, wow, this just didn't arrive in 2020. When I interviewed Mickey Willis and about pandemic, I wanted people to understand the patent trails and all that sort of stuff. When I interviewed David Martin, so that's about helping people navigate the fog. Thrive on the other side is my expertise, and I do have a lot of guests that are really phenomenal in that area, which is about helping people become sovereign and independent and capable of, you know, saving themselves from themselves. And, and, you know, that's, that's a process and a journey. And I didn't start this yesterday. I've been on that journey for like 20 years. And 
Um, you know, so I've been doing a, a number of just shows of late about that type of topic. So like one example would be I just did um, one on financial independence. First time in history I've actually ranked finance as nearly more important than wealth. And you might go, well, that's just absolutely crazy. But the reason I say that is for the first time in history, people have actually had to compromise their health and get an intervention because they don't have enough money to last 60 days without income. So if you've been that person, and there's so many, unfortunately, people that said, I just don't want to get it, but if I don't have it, I'm going to lose my house and I won't be able to feed my family and so on like that. So while health is always more important than wealth, this time here, people have had to succumb their health because of their financial position. So right. I just recently did a, a, a 15 ways to make money starting tonight with no skills, no capital, and barely no brain. And it was like ideas, like idea number one, go and find out stuff that you actually do not need anymore in your house and sell it on eBay or a garage sale or something, and there's $2,000 straight away. The whole idea is to start with how, what can I do alongside what I'm doing where I can make an extra $250 a week and start from there, all right? And that's just an example of one of my thought leader type of episodes in Thriving on the Other Side. But I want to help people get through, interview an incredible guest like yourself, and then on the other side, that's sort of my laneway. You know, that was what my one-shot movement, maximizing your one shot at life. My son didn't get one breath on this planet. We're all in the game. What do we got to worry about? Go and give life your best shot. Oh, it's awesome. We need people like you, Craig, doing this. We need people that aren't just talking about all the problems, but they're offering people solutions. And these are solutions. These are skills that you can learn in this field of, uh, I know a lot of people maybe are, a little bit shy to get into becoming an entrepreneur, but you're going to learn skills if you stick with it that will help you during any crisis, you know, um, even with the markets being so topsy-turvy and unpredictable as they are, even with what's going on, um, there is still the opportunity for you to take the reins back into your own life and at least start somewhere. And would you say too, maybe something a little bit to tell people about the process of when you become an entrepreneur and you start making something that works, you know, what that does for you as a person, uh, well, how that builds your, your self-confidence and who you are, how that leads in, in, I mean, so many other positive directions when you're, and I, I think too, for men specifically, you know, that feeling of being proactive as opposed mm -hmm. to just sitting back and you feel helpless and you don't know what to do. And then you get depressed and then you're unmotivated and it just downward spiral from there. Um, Talk a little bit about that, about how that how that felt for you and how you maybe seen other examples of people that once they take on these principles and they practice them and they succeed, how that's actually helped them as a, as a person in their lives. Yeah, look, it's a great question. And I love talking about this topic. And for me, I become an engineer. So I do have the university degree and I did start mm -hmm. in in a career, but I fired my boss 18 months into that because I hated the idea of trading time for money. I think a trading time for money, that 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 40 years, you know, the 40-40 plan, people, it's easy to get caught up in the matrix of life, you know, where entertainment and that and you just, you know, hey, it's hump day and then, oh, Friday, happy Friday or, you know, you see all the memes and all that and then there's this 
depression that sinks in on a Sunday afternoon. I've got to get up again and go to that job I hate and talk to that boss I hate. And, you know, that there saps your soul. It will destroy your soul. Um, So I always have talked to people about this purpose, this hope. If you have something to look forward to that could be an opportunity or be a passion or be a hobby or something that can light you up, the magic that can happen there is absolutely unprecedented. So for me, skills can be learned. And um, so if you're not good at sales, it's a skill, you can get good at sales. If you're not good at communicating or public speaking, it's a skill, you can get good at that. No different to learning a different language. You know, you can learn a different language. You can learn an instrument. So that's just proof that if you don't know how to play the piano today, in two years' time, when you've done the work, you can play the piano if you put the time and effort and work in. Same with any sort of skill. So for me, in this process here, I've actually had a bit of a a shift in my investment strategy. I'm really, really concerned about you know, holding too much property and so on at the moment. So I started looking at other ways to invest my money. And, you know, I started uh, learning, you know, I would say I'm a white belt in in your metaphors in, you know, reading a a chart, for example, of, you know, like a a crypto chart or, you know, something like that. But I said to myself, I've got to learn this skill because this could be the future and, you know, I've taken that on as a project. So I'm interested. It's taking away the distraction of the fear that's been propagated against us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It gives me something to work towards. My podcast gives me something to work towards. Becoming a creator is way more, I guess, there's more growth in becoming a creator than being a consumer. So instead of just listening to podcasts all the time go and create a podcast instead of reading book books all the time go and write a book it might not be a bestseller but you will grow and learn more in that process than reading 50 books so hopefully that answers your question but um yeah i think uh entrepreneurship start today go out there and um you know gary v used to always say nobody knew him for the first 12 years of his journey but his hustle started at 7 p.m every night to 2 a.m in the morning and and now he's a world-class name Oh, that's great. And I love that because I've been trying to say something very similar to people during this time that, you know, you can find something that you're passionate about and use that to give you the fuel that you need just to get through the week, you know, just use even do it, not for the sake of making millions of dollars or anything like that, but just do it for the sake of doing it. Do it for the sake of putting your hands into something, putting your mind into something else, getting your mind off of all this stuff that's going on. Everybody needs a break from it. And then you come back and you learn, okay, what's going on, current events, what's coming down the pipeline, you know, how's the, how's the great reset going, you know? You can learn, there's always time for that, trust me. But you, you need to take self-time. You need to take that time um, as an individual to stay healthy. You know, even if it's as simple as just going out and going for a walk, just go for a walk, clear your head, um, and then start formulating a plan and start with little things, little tiny things every day that build that discipline, that build that confidence in what you're doing and that kind of reignite that passion that maybe you once had that you lost or maybe you've never yet fully discovered because you didn't give yourself the opportunity or whatever. I found for myself when I made the trans- transition years ago to becoming an entrepreneur, yes, I got a whole boatload more of problems and challenges in my life. But I just, I switched them from other things that weren't really helping me as a person 
And now these types of challenges that I've had to face doing this have really forged me into who I am. Uh, without those challenges, without me facing those fears or those doubts that I would have in myself, um, I, I wouldn't be what I am now. So I'm grateful to the lessons that I learned. And I really feel the same way as you do, that even though my podcast is centered around all this stuff and I do all this research and I'm making a documentary and I, it's productive work. So I'm not just sitting there passively and just taking it all in and going, oh my God, the sky is falling. I sit back and I go, well, okay, the sky looks like it's falling, but I also get the opportunity to report the good news. I also get to be productive by sharing the knowledge that could turn the tide and could wake up somebody that's going to go out and invent an even better strategy for this. So you never know. And um, it was I wanted to share this really quickly with you. I went to a few different community meetings locally because um, all over the island where I live, there's resistance mounting. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, it's all over the place. And just great people, smart people, entrepreneurs, uh, police officers, uh, former government workers, just people coming together going, this is crazy. And we have to come together as a community to maybe even start our own bank or start uh, a, a different way of investing our money so that it can be something that works for us instead of always giving our money to these big banks and giving it to these big stores. And uh, what can we do locally? You know, you're a farmer, you're a hunter, you're a fisherman, you know, you're this, you're the, how can we trade skills? How can, and I, I just, that energy of these meetings of people just, you know, there was a guy who was a crypto expert and he used to work on the stock market. And then there was somebody who was a farmer who grew up with farming cows and, you, you have all these people together around a fire and we're all just spitballing ideas. It reminded me of those sessions we would do as entrepreneurs. You know, how do we, how do we hit those targets? How do we succeed as a business? And, and that energy was there. And that's why I thought, wow, what a great guest to bring on. But Craig, because you have that, that whole background and that energy behind what you're doing and you know what's going on right now. So uh, feel free to comment, comment on anything there, but then um, let's pivot a little bit to what's going on in your neck of this, of the woods in Australia, what kind of the current events, uh, what's going on with the government? Um, do you find more people are waking up? Um, is, do you see any hopeful signs? You know, those kind of things. What can you fill us in on there, Craig? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that, but I'll just add a little bit into what you just said. And, sure. and, just roll with the journey at the moment. And people say to me, Craig, you know, so I've been doing some fundraising for Mickey Willis for Plandemic 3 and um, all sorts of different things and, and meeting amazing people along the way with, on my entrepreneurial journey to date, there's always been this, you know, I'm going to protect my IP and, you know, oh, that's that could be my business, not yours. And there's been, you know, a little bit of posturing and argy-bargy through here. But through this truth community and people there's this absolute deep connection and love with everyone across the board that's um out there trying to be a part of this solution and help people and you know i want to you know get people to hear you know david whitehead's story and understand the truth from the cult of the medics and i want to help mickey willis raise some money for pandemic three because he can't get money for you know from big investors or that will take down his brand i want to help you know all the independent media channels in australia get great guests for there there's a new group and i because of i've just led with my heart like that i've had so many opportunities presented my way so i just recently got invited to some really high profile celebrities in australia like iconic figures into like a group of five where you know they're all started to come out and do amazing things and all of a sudden i've just been added into this small text group and now we're all helping each other and 
I've just seen this gratitude and generosity is really, really um, been such an important thing. Whereas prior to this in the entrepreneurial space or the business space is a bit of a dog eat dog component about it. And that's one thing that I've really, really like become re really apparent to me along my journey today as someone that's spent 20 years in that space, thought leadership, spoken in stages of, you know, audience of the 15,000 people in some instances to now just going, I don't want anything. I don't need any money for it or anything like that. I'm just going to help because I think it's going to be good for the cause. Right. But back you're a question in Melbourne, Australia. We are in what I would call another, another. this is a, the third time I've said since we did our first interview back in October, we are standing on the edge of a cliff here. Mm -hmm. um, we are really pushing hard for the booster shot. We're really, when I say we, our media and government are just, that they haven't broken from the narrative. It's like they've tripled down at the moment of... Um, this anti-vax movement, we've got to stop it. This um, false information, you get your information from X, Y, Z. And, you know, they're really trying to shut it down. And <clears throat> in Melbourne, where I live, I've been in 300 days of hard lockdown. And to give you an idea, I, Canada, I know, is very similar. But it was, you know, curfews. It was one hour a day except for these five things. It was don't travel more than five kilometres. Your schools are locked down. Your business is locked down. Your... You know, and it was just a constant bombardment of just fear and propaganda and, you know, it was just people walking around with masks because they're scared and, you know, it was, you know, it was like the scenes of a sci-fi movie, to be honest. And then they were able to push crazy hard on the the, the building of the movement, uh, the resistance, you might call it, and in the protesting scene or the rally scene, during those lockdowns, they were just brutal as in like, um, you know, having riot cars and using rubber bullets and, you know, extreme violence to protesters and to give you an idea we had a, a lady that started a movement she's like what i call nearly an accidental hero she came out did a live got really popular started a bit of a movement called reignite democracy got a hundred thousand people she got arrested and put in jail in solitary confinement for 22 days for encouraging people to say no to the the chief health officer's directions you know wow. And, and, and this is sort of what we've been living in and it's still, you know, it's the the media bombardment, the ads, the, the this 5 to 11-year-old rollout started last week and I am just petrified what's happening. And, you know, you probably would have seen the world news. We had the Novak Djokovic thing, you know. In the yeah. end, they tried to say, well, he didn't do all the paperwork properly and all that. We deported him. But the, the immigration ministers goes, we're concerned that he could create an uprising of the anti-vaxxer movement. We're concerned that he's um, creating more vaccine hesitancy. It's just absolutely insane. So I would say not a lot has changed here other than more people are waking up other than more people are standing up. I mentioned those celebrities. They've started two big groups, and, and one of the groups, you know, is parents with questions 
a lot of like famous musicians, famous actors, famous sports stars, and other ones called Voices for Choices. And they started in September because they it was we are now coming after the kids. And they said, you've got to get through me first. So I really, really like what's happening there. A famous a basketballer for the basketball fans, Andrew Bogut, who was a number one draft pick here. He he's like like one of the biggest voices in Australia, in my opinion, a real hero because, you know, he will lose sponsorships. He will lose – he's made a lot of money through having an NBA career, but, um, you know, it's a messed up situation here. Uh, recently, our Premier, who's a wannabe dictator, he'd already tried to s sell our soul to the Chinese government with the Belt and Road Initiative. He's also signed those other crummy agreements like Resilient Cities and Strong Cities Networks as well, That the devil in the detail there. I'm sure you've gone through those before. But um, he's just passed a bill which gives him the almighty power to call a pandemic when he wants and inflict the rules that he wants. You know, and some of those that ended up getting blocked were putting people in jail for two years, $22,000 fines for not wearing a mask. Insane. And, um, and unfortunately, I see America turning. I see the UK turning through some of the interviews that I'm doing. But, I, you know, we are a long, long way from that at the moment in Australia. Well, I can sympathize, brother, because it's the same here in Canada. Um, although we do have um, these truckers that are, I, I've, everything I'm seeing, I can't verify it 100%, but everything I'm seeing is all over Twitter. Um, everybody seems to be talking about it. There's videos of these truckers going around. They're, they're making them all over the place where they're planning a massive, uh, basically shutdown of the supply chain. And they're going to do a big caravan all the way across Canada until they get to Ottawa because uh, they feel their government is not listening to them. And there's, you know, there's some big protests and whatnot. But what I find that even though it doesn't seem like there's a lot maybe happening in Australia or in Canada, uh, there's only so much information that we can all look at when you talk to these people, especially out in the rural communities. And there's an underground movement that's happening. Um, mm -hmm. It's happening in communities. It's happening where people are forming different groups. Um, there's so many people that aren't even showing up to the protests, but that are working to start almost like their own underground economy. It's like the underground railroad is back and it's where we're going is they wanted a two tiered society. Well, they're going to get it, but uh, let's just see who's got the fortitude and the strength to last through this because the way I see it, I like what you said there. And I agree that the more they push this, the more they go to in pure insanity, um, historical levels of government tyranny and abuse of power like we've never seen, um, the more they wake people up, right? The crazier they act, the crazier they look, the crazier they look, the more people see how crazy they look. And it's as simple as that. And now it's putting us in a position. It's actually putting the average person in the position in a way, I'm just using this as an example, but in a way it's putting us all into a position that's actually similar to an entrepreneur in that you have to now take on personal risk. You have to now do things that you wouldn't normally do. You have to break habits and start new habits. You have to um, go back to the drawing board. You have to fail miserably and then rebuild. All of those elements are there where people are learning how to become self-sufficient. They're learning how to, if they can't find in their normal community of friends or in, in the wider society, if they can't find the people and the connections that they need in order to find the, the solutions they're looking for, They've got to go create a new community. They have to go find new ideas and, and think differently. 
that's 101 toolkit in the mind of somebody who runs their own business and, and lives their life like that. So everybody's kind of getting a crash course in just that mindset. And that's why I feel like you and I should put that call, keep putting that call out there to those people in that world that have those skills to use their skills in this fight and help like what you're doing, Craig, help people learn the tools. Yes, there's the practical everyday tools of how to start a business, be successful, but I'm talking just about even the mindset of it, you know, like the philosophy of it, the, you know, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, all those things uh, that we could bring to people and say, there's no reason to tuck tail, even if it looks like your country is not waking up and all this. As an individual, you can actually do a lot. Do, could you speak to that from your experience that those people out there that are doubting themselves, that are getting really depressed about what they're seeing, um, you know, what would you say? I mean, you've got so much experience to draw from in that regard. Yeah, look, it's a great point. And, you know, it is about becoming your, you know, your own sovereign capabilities. So um, and that's one thing that I've learned a lot through this process. But in the end, everything gets down to belief. You know, do you believe that you can create that? Because if you don't believe that, you know, I'm not capable of doing that. Well, you're probably better off being in a socialist communist society feeding off the, the boob of the government anyway. But, you know, I, I, as I said, with the financial independence thing, number one, you know, roadmap out of this has got to be plastered on the door. I need to find a way to make an extra income like that, but I don't know what to do. So I did my 15 things where I basically said, here's 15 ways you can make money tonight <laughs> with no skill, no resources and barely using your brain, you know. So that's just giving you an idea of that's possible. Um, and there's so many different ways. I talk to people about alchemy in the business world. How can I create something from nothing, you right. know, can I create something from nothing? So the example might be, you know, you might be a school teacher, for example, and I'm losing my job. Well, how can I create something from nothing? Okay, why don't I become a, like, go and take Provax kids into a small uh, room in the back of my house, uh, anti-vax kids, and, and be a school teacher for wealthy families, for example, and they don't want to send their kids, they want to homeschool, but they don't want to homeschool themselves. Why don't you create a business like that? I mean, I'm just thinking that that's alchemy. Like I've got nothing, skills, you know, I've got a room in my house. I know there's a lot of parents like me that don't want to send my kids to school. I don't, but I, I'm not a school teacher and I don't think I'd get lit up by sitting there and teaching, you know, a prep and a, a grade one student, you know, their schoolwork, but I would pay a school teacher in a group of four or five or six to go and, and send them to their house where I know it's a safe environment. They're going to get the right work. That's just an example of alchemy, creating something from nothing. But ultimately, belief in yourself is something that you're going to have to build up and it takes time to do that um and that's a whole you know uh, you know personal development and growth your business and life will just grow to where you grow if you're a white belt <laughs> like i'm i'm not even a white belt in jiu-jitsu even I, I watch uh mma i love mma but um you know if i wanted to start that today i'm getting tapped out in five seconds every single time but that's okay i've got to start somewhere if i want to like yeah. become a black belt i've got to start somewhere you have to make that decision 
that you're going to start somewhere and you don't have throw up on your wall and want to be a billionaire by, you know, in the next two years, while it's potentially possible if you come across the right opportunity at the right time with the right group of people, um, start somewhere and then believe in yourself and then say, hey, I've made a decision. I'm going to do that. What What are my skills? What do I love doing? Is there any like little uh, niches in the market? Like I just use the example of the school teacher, but I could probably talk about, you could put me on the spot, you know, with other things as well. And I say, why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do that? Or have you ever thought about doing this? And we did create our own uh, interestingly society. I met a group, uh, four families in my suburb. We all got kicked out of our gym because we hadn't um, passed the test pass. Moved into, I've been living in a second tier society since September. And we gutted a shed. We created our own CrossFit gym style. We all started becoming friends. We weren't allowed to go into restaurants. We started having dinner parties at each other's houses. The conversations that we were having there were some of the best conversations. These are people I have zero relationship with. And now I'm just like, oh, wow. Then I catch up with a friend that I've known for 20 years. It's bought into the system i feel like my conversations are hey how's the kids going um what about that game of footy on the weekend like you know it's empty shallow conversations so embrace uh you know the the way forward and, and then just go and give it your best shot you know that's the whole idea of what i've been doing for a long time give it your best shot because you only get one shot at it i absolutely love it man I, you got some good ideas I feel like I've got a few good ideas. We should put our heads together on some stuff and, and really help people with this because this is the time to do it. It's like you said, um, when one door closes, someone with the mindset that you're describing, that one shot at life mindset, that self-belief, that, uh, that ability to create something out of nothing, the true magician, that person will go, oh, you shut the door? Okay, I'll just go create a door and then open it. Like that's, that's where we have to be. Uh, we can't sit around waiting for the government to just suddenly go, hey, guys, we just totally want to pass on the whole fascist communist dictatorship thing. We were bored of it. So you can have your freedom back. It's just it's not going to happen. So we have to create the world that we want. And, um, you know, and then what about all these people that have been laid out of the laid off out of the medical industry? I'll bet you they're scratching their heads going, wow, uh, maybe I should start looking into the history of this medical practice and why it got so corrupted and why I ended up getting fired, even though I've spent my whole life, you know, jumping through all the hoops and helping people. Uh, how could they just cast me aside? And then that person is going to start thinking, well, I don't want to just sit here and change careers. I love helping people. That's why I became a nurse. That's why I became a doctor or an orderly or whatever. And so then what about starting private hospitals? What about finding ways to do it? Cause people are going to go, well, that's easy to say, but how do you do it? Well, that's, that's the task, isn't it? Put your heads together with people that know how to do these things. And I even loved the conversation I was having with some people very similar to yourself. I just met them, but all of a sudden we're all kindred spirits, you know, vibing on such a high level or sharing information. And someone's like, we should either find a credit union that isn't part of the big, you know, big financial infrastructure and just switch all of our money out of the banks and put it into this credit union. And if we can't find that credit union, we create our own. Or I know somebody that you actually was in the banking industry forever and they know how to do. And you just learn you, the minute you start that way of thinking, solution oriented thinking, uh, having a goal, but, you know, thinking, how do I get up the rungs of the ladder to reach the goal? New ideas come to you. New people come to you that you've never met before, that you didn't even know existed, that will help 
help you think more clearly on it and give you advice. And then you exchange information and a, a wonderful thing can happen. And think of it. They've been laying off people and people have been waking up from within every institution. And we got Dana White. I'll be playing a clip of him in the second hour. He's coming out, you know, doing it, doing business his way, uh, going against the grain. Um, and that's just one example. There's so many other examples of people that were, run, they had their restaurant closed down. So they went to a truck. They did a food truck that was like five-star rated food in a food truck. You know, I've, eat, I've eaten better out of food trucks than I've ever eaten out of restaurants. I got to tell you, it's been amazing to see that. And these people are doing it as an act of resistance to say, we don't want anybody showing their papers to us to just come up and order some food. And so, you know, it's just, I feel like if we get out of the funk of this depressed, defeated state of mind that you just see all over the internet right now, um, you would be surprised. I think we would be shocked at the level of solutions we could come up with. And guess what, Craig? We might even figure out we don't need these government officials. We don't need the cult of the medics. We don't need the cult of the bar. We don't need the big box stores. We are the economy. All of us, individuals are what create, we create wealth. An individual can go out like you and create value. That's where the value comes from people that put the value they have within themselves and the skills they develop and the work they put into it. And then they give it and people trade and we're more powerful than these people even know. And so I feel like that's our mission. And I, I love that you have that mission with your show. It's educational. You get into some of the nitty gritty and some of the things people probably wouldn't rather know about but then you also balance it with that positive side. So um, feel free to add anything, any ideas of what I'm saying there. And then uh, I'll get your closing comments because I know you got a busy schedule and I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. Uh, look, I mean, I think uh, in the end, I think we summarized everything quite well. And um, there is only two options. There's no middle ground anymore. It is the great awakening or the great reset. You just have to just decide which side of history you want to be on. And if you're going to be a part of the great reset, you know, that is just go along to get along, go and get your paperwork filled out. And, and, but, but just understand that comes with consequences and those consequences will be that shit, I've just had my fourth, but now I have to have my fifth. What are you talking about that? I've got five injections, but I still have to go into lockdown. Like, it will never, ever, ever end. But on the other side, the great awakening will be a world of opportunities. I always talk to people, a metaphor that I often use is my rainbows and unicorns story. A rainbows and unicorns story is about life is here where you're at now. So if you're struggling financially, if you're mentally struggling, if whatever it is, you are right where you are because that is what it is. You can't change that situation as of today rainbows and unicorns have a look into the distance you can see your utopian world and there's rainbows there's unicorns there's beautiful beaches there's cocktails whatever you want on that island you go to run to the island and there's this big grand canyon in front of you you're just about to fall off over the edge so you've got two options. You can stay where you are and just accept your fate, what you're currently living. If you're happy in that situation, stay in that situation. There's two pathways to get to that uh, a rainbows and unicorn island. One is navigate your way all the way through the Grand Canyon and go on that big wild journey where you work it all the way out yourself or you build a bridge. And when you build a bridge, it's a fast track, you know. So to do that, you're going to have to join communities like this. You're going to have to network of incredible people. You're going to have to 
develop the skills and the mindset and your business and life will grow to where you grow. You're going to have to invest in yourself like you've never invested in yourself, not only financially, but time. I have been in business. I've invested over half a million dollars in my personal growth, work with some of the best and brightest minds in the world, but I still listen to three hours of podcast content, high quality content, truth of content every single day. I'm always trying to learn, grow and evolve and that's you know and then you make your own success and and the network you know is going to be your net worth so one of your missions is to build your tribe who am i going to network with i need to hang around david because he's teaching me all about this stuff that's really important so i can save myself from myself learn from someone like craig strategies and options but um I think if you want to go and live in a in the Great Awakening on your own island with rainbows and unicorns and whatever golf courses, whatever it looks for you, a dojo or um, you name it, you know, you've got to make the decision to say, hey, where I'm sitting now absolutely sucks. And in 10 years' time, if I don't make a decision, if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. And guess what? Uh, when we get through this one, they've got climate change lined up. Then they're going to have this lineup then they're going to have this lineup so um make the decision to say here's my line in the sand no more i'm going to be a part of the great awakening and you know for me i want to wish you all the best i've had a phenomenal time on your show you know you're to me like one of my true heroes of what you've been able to show in your your documentaries and i've shared it with so many people because people need to know the truth and when you know the truth the truth can set you free and uh, as i said i felt from 20 weeks a year, traveling the world, treating the world as an oyster, having um, staying $3,000 a night, Bora Bora accommodations, to donating and spending time in some of the most remote and uh, crazy, you know, poor areas in the world, to having some of the best experiences, eating at the most expensive restaurants, to being caught up in, you know, uh, a part of suicide attacks, to all sorts of different experiences. I've always learned, grow, and... Um, if you want to find out more about me, just go to my website, craigschultz.com. Um, and I think that's about it. Navigating the fog to thrive on the other side. I love it, Craig. And I just wanted to show people your site really quickly here. And I love that. Create leverage and become unstoppable. Hey, create leverage. That's a jujitsu term, man. You've been training or something. That's pretty cool. You need leverage um, and become unstoppable. So as much as these tyrants and dictators and psychopaths are trying to loot the economies of the world blind and create a world gulag for everybody. Um, we, if they believe they're unstoppable, they ain't seen nothing yet. Cause if we have it, we believe it and we do what you're talking about. Uh, we don't need these people and, uh, we are going to become the ones that are unstoppable. And so I love that's the message. Is there anything on the site you were mentioning, uh, that you had a recent video or something on, 15 ways that people can earn money from home or something. Is there anything you want me to show people real quick? Yeah, yeah. On uh, my BitChute channel, which I've had to, I've been kicked off all the uh, the socials. So I started a BitChute channel. I might just send you the link to that. Um, sure. I'll share it out then, yeah. yeah. It's where your uh, actual interviews sit, but I've got a few of my, you know, my 15 ways. But a really good thing on there is um, 
my in the top corner. It's a great place to start your work-life vision book. I always start that when I'm coaching someone, I say, if you can master these seven areas in your life, you can live with joy, fulfillment and happiness. So to give you a quick uh, summary of that, you can be financially wealthy and have a broken home and not be able to live in joy, fulfillment and happiness. So, okay, if I live in a broken home now, what am I going to do about that? I could be financially poor and extremely happy and because you don't have any money you might not be able to live in joy fulfillment and happiness what am I going to do about that so there's seven areas that you can work on to master and get from zero to ten like rank them all zero to ten what am I in that area zero to ten what am I in that area and try and work your way through that and if you can get those seven out of uh, those seven areas to sixes out of tens to seven out of tens or one might be a 10 and the other one's work in progress you watch what happens to your life and it's one of the the foundations I, I dedicate a chapter in my book to that but um you know, that's a phenomenal thing. But yeah, my, my BitChute channel is where I'm putting in a lot of this content at the moment. So I'll give that to you, Dave. Awesome. Well, I'll share it out. And thanks again for joining me here. It won't be the last time. Let's keep this conversation growing. Keep sharing ideas. And uh, thanks to everybody who's been engaging in the chat. Seems like we've got a good chat rocking and rolling here today. So i uh, going to say goodbye for now, Craig. But let's stay in touch and keep doing that great work with your with your podcast, with your coaching and keep that vibrant energy going because people need it right now, brother. Thank you. Awesome. All right. We'll say goodbye. Thanks to Craig. Go follow him, guys. Go check him out. He's on BitChute. He's got a great website, lots of very practical steps. And I think that's what this is all about is we have to find a way to share these ideas and really put our heads together. And we need to have that vibrant, creative energy in order, in order to do it. And in order to have that energy, uh, we got to stop with, you know, keeping our heads down and, and feeling like it's hopeless and, and having all this depressed sort of mindsets running around out there. So stay away from those people. Uh, choose to be proactive in this time. Choose the, the only way to counter the darkness is with light. The only way to counter tyranny is by living freely, regardless of if the whole world decides to become enslaved. You're that one light out there that has freedom built from the inside out and understands that principle. And speaking of that, I'm about to upload or uh, post on the Unslave website, unslave.com. Michael and I just recorded uh, yesterday uh, a really, really deep uh, look into what freedom really is. And, um, you know, just the illusion of all of this stuff that we think it, it all is going to come down to just, you know, the masses are going to wake up and all that. Uh, as much as we all hope that's going to happen, the idea is what are you going to do if that never happens? You know, are you, are you just going to give up on life if, if there is no great awakening? Um, you know, what does it mean to be human? What does it really mean to be free? Um, and, and the really deep look at that. And so go check that out once it's posted. I should have it posted after this show. Uh, it was it's a really, really good look. And you can get that over at unslave.com. I think we've been really rocking out some incredible episodes over there. So it is a premium service, but it's worth every penny, in my opinion. So with that said, let me just go and say hello to everybody in the chat. How's everybody doing? Uh, we got some great action going on on DLive. How's it going over on DLive? Rockfin. What's up, Rockfin? And let me just check in on the foxhole here. Very good. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Some great people over there at the foxhole. 
All right. Well, yeah, I, I've been having some really, really good conversations with people in my community, local politicians, local police officers, firefighters, fishermen, ex-military. I actually spoke to a really cool guy yesterday who was a, what was it, Marine engineer for the Navy. And I think he's like 25-year vet. And he basically has so much knowledge. He, he knows how to like basically build a ham radio system. Um, he's got all this knowledge and he was just given, I think they call it an F five from the military, um, where he's, he's let go basically because he didn't want to take the jab. And I've been speaking to so many of these people and just to see the look in their face where they feel like it's such a, such a, such a slap in the face really from the government and their country where the, even the people don't seem to be backing them up. You know, that's their feeling. And, you know, you have these conversations with these people and, you know, I don't ever know really what to say to them other than, Hey, you're not alone. There's a lot of others out there. Um, and I was told by this gentleman, actually, that there are a lot of people in the military in Canada that are very upset about this. They are awake. They're just trying to sort out what to do with their families, you know, their whole career, what their backup plan is, but they are on the side of freedom and they are fighting hard for it. And it was good to hear. And I just had this opportunity to be amongst the diversity of people that are literally local to me that I didn't even know existed. And I made those connections and it was worth it. And so I encourage you to look around where you are and try to find like-minded people. Um, and this is where we put our heads together and try to find solutions because we can't wait for the whole world to just snap out of it. We can't wait for the government to just push a pause on this. We've got to create the change we want. We have to start being proactive right now. And so I encourage you guys to try to get involved locally with what you can do, because we all can do something. So with that, I got a few things. Let me just show you really quick. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I'm just gonna do a quick little share. I was happy to see this. We had the media going after Dana White for him talking about how he used, I think it was monoclonal antibodies to deal with being sick with whatever this thing is. And how, how, how incredible is it that people have been coming out now, celebrities, basketball players, fighters, Joe Rogan, Dana White, these kind of people, celebrities are coming out and they're saying, uh, I didn't have a good reaction to the jab or I didn't take the jab and I instead went with some of these therapeutics or something natural uh, or some of these monoclonal antibodies or whatever and I feel great and I recovered quickly and here I am I'm back at worth I am walking evidence that what I did works and uh, just to get such an antagonistic media response to that kind of tells you everything you need to know so just hear this quick exchange that Dana White just had at a recent press conference with one of his reporters I was wondering what your thoughts were with the 200 plus doctors trying to put pressure on Spotify saying that Joe's a menace to... Are they really? Yeah. Well, how about this? Ever since I came out and said what I did, it's almost impossible now to get monoclonal antibodies. They're like, they're, 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 they're making it so you can't get them. You know, medicine that absolutely works, they're keeping from us. I don't want to get too political and start getting into all this shit, but... Ivermectin and, and monoclonal antibodies have been around for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you can't, you can't dig them up to save your life. The doctors won't give them to you, you know. And even when I did it, when I did it here in Vegas, which was however many weeks ago that I had it, like right before Christmas, I think, or something, 
Yeah, I made one phone call and was able to get to get it done. And that's not like some fucking rich, famous guy shit. Like anybody could have could have called and, and you know, because that's what everybody always throws at me. Yeah, of course you can fucking make a phone call and get it. Bullshit. Everybody could have got it back then. Um, you know, Lene had it. Lene did monoclonal antibodies and di did all that stuff. Everybody could get it. Now, and you know, Rogan's been talking about it. Then I went crazy talking about it. You can't get those things to save your life now. Literally. Are you are you surprised at the backlash that people don't even want to allow you to discuss options and pretreatment? It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's it's one of the craziest things that I've ever witnessed in my life. You know, and you're, we're we're talk, I'm not talking about um, experimental drugs or things that you, this stuff's been around. I mean, the guy, the ivermectin, the you're guy, a doctor, won, the guy won the Nobel Peace Prize. You're a doctor. Huh? You're a doctor. I'm no, saying. but there's plenty hey, of doctors that do... Uh, Here he comes. <laughs> I just asked a question. Are you a doctor? No, but I, but, I, but I took them and they both work for me, so why shouldn't I be able to take them again? Or other people? I won't answer. I'm no, no, come on. Dive in. We, we do have a well, Why shouldn't to, we be able to, to take them? Right? You, you want to know what's scary? I bet I could get some fucking pain pills quicker than I could get monoclonal antibodies. No, not maybe. That's a fact. That's a fact. They fucking hand out pain pills like they like their Tic Tacs. <laughs> oh, I was happy to see it. I was happy to see it. Um, that more people are speaking up like that. And of course, the guy is going to be all defensive. Are you a doctor? It's like their only. That's their only response. Are you a doctor? It's like well, and I love how the other journalist was like, well, no, but there are a lot of doctors that are promoting it. And uh, of course, you know, that poor guy's world would come crashing down if he ever really had time to listen to what was really happening. Um, but that's the way it goes. That's what it's like in the media. And yeah, even in the sports media, it's just as bad as CNN and all that crap. But the good news is, have you seen the ratings of the mainstream media these days? Not looking too hot. It's not looking too hot in Canada with organizations like CTV, CBC, Global News, etc. Failing ratings. More people are listening to podcasts than are watching mainstream news right now. And it's global. So TikTok guys, we're the media now, and you guys are going to be going out of business. Going out of business sale. Here, let me pull up a few more of these things I've been talking about on my Twitter. Um, let me go right here. There we go. So yeah, you can check me out over DW Truth Warrior on Twitter if you want to see what's going on there. For some reason, they keep me around. They just keep me, how's my, oh, look at that. I just lost another thousand followers. I keep going up. I think weekly, I go up to 9,000 followers and then I'm booted right back and it's always under 8,000. I feel like somebody at Twitter went, okay, don't ban this guy, but keep him in a box under 8,000. That's the pop. If he goes over that, just keep chopping him down. Keep them shadow banned. So that's okay. You guys are going down too. Social, socialist media companies are going down too. Uh, where did I have? Okay, Kalvinder Carr. If you're not following this woman on Twitter, please follow her. She's a lovely doctor from Canada. She has been strong as an oak from the beginning of this pandemic. And that's the, that's the people I look for. I don't look for the people that just come in, poke their head up a little bit, and then run away. I like the people that have been consistent in their message, in their way of looking at the science, in their way of openly challenging bad science, 
bad medicine, bad government policy. We need these people. And so Colvinder Carr, MD, go check her out on Twitter. She's always got a lot of good zingers for you. And she also has a lot of data. And she's fearless. She's fearless. The government of Ontario has stopped all public reporting on the vaccination status of COVID deaths. Why? Why would they stop reporting on that? <laughs> the question contains the answer, my friends. So go check that out. Um, this is another good one. I thought this was a conspiracy theory. Bloomberg Politics reports that the European Union regulators warn that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune system and may not be feasible. <laughs> I think people, a lot of people got banned from social media and a lot of podcasts got shut down for saying exactly this only a few short months ago, if you remember. But it's okay if Bloomberg says it. And now it seems like they're changing the narrative already, trying to get ahead of the incoming storm, I think. That was interesting. I want to check this out. Of course, I have no idea what this terror alarm thing is on Twitter, but they've made Fauci into a brand because, of course, Disney Plus and National Geographic all owned by Vanguard. Uh, they put on a documentary or a book or something about Fraudchi and tried to make him into a household name. And look at this. What world do these people live in where they could write a tweet like this? The world's hero and most life-saving doctor in the history of humanity is now a brand. <laughs> wow. It's exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> I don't want to say it's exactly the opposite of this tweet. That's the truth. So I just wanted to point out that, uh, what's the number one book on Amazon right now? Oh, right. It's RFK's expose of Fraudchi. And one of the most watched videos going around is uh, all the data dumps about DARPA and how basically uh, Fauci lied under oath multiple times because they have the actual receipts for this, came out from Project Veritas. So that happened. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to ignore that that happened and they want to ignore the actual facts that are behind those, those videos and those documents. But, you know, the truth is the truth. You can't run. You can run, but you can't hide from it. So this is what I'm talking about, guys. This is what I'm seeing. If anybody in the comments lives in Canada or has any, uh, any sauce on this, let me know what you've discovered about this trucker protest here. This is coming from someone in Manitoba. They're saying 300 plus trucks on Highway 75 in Emerson. Let's go. Truckers convoy. This is uh, trending in Canada right now. Just showing how many truckers. Look at this. Mandate freedom. So I definitely stand with the truckers. Without them, you don't get your goods brought from the container ships across the country to all the stores where you go and buy it, including your grocery stores. So if I were you, I would stock up. I mean, we should be stocked up all the time. Anyways, you should be thinking about how you can become more self-sufficient grow some of your own food, get to know who the farmers are in your neighborhood, get to know who's selling eggs and who's making, you know, my needle tea <laughs> or whatever. Get, get in with your community, guys, because I have a feeling that uh, we're going to have some, at least for a period of time, we're going to have some major constraints on our food supplies. Um, so yeah, there's that. Okay. This guy, 
you can see his name. I'm not going to call him out right here, but uh, this Twitter account has uh, been putting out a lot of disinformation and misinformation and has been fact-checked by independent fact-checkers. And so I just wanted to point out a couple things here. Um, I have a feeling that some of these accounts could be run by real people for sure, but some of them could be bots. Some of these people could be paid off. Some of these people could be just, I drank the Kool-Aid. I totally believe everything, but I'm at a point now where I'm kind of done with the bullshit and I'm just going to start calling this out as I see it. And this person is more than welcome to join me on this show for a live unedited debate any day of the week. So if you watch this and you're pissed off that I'm calling you out for spreading misinformation, um, feel free to challenge me on it anytime. I'd be happy to accommodate you. But here we go. Here was the tweet. To the skeptics who are spuriously comparing vaccinated and unvaccinated COVID ICU patients, try to imagine the case numbers if there were no vaccines. <laughs> Drop it in the chat. What's your reply to this? What's your reply to this, my friends? What would you say? What would your comment be to this argument? Because what I feel is a lot of these official doctor accounts, they represent the argument that is in the minds of your friends and family who are tuning into the mainstream news and that's the only place they get it from and they're completely antagonistic to any other way of looking at things. And yet I see these people as people that are standing in the way of true science because true science wouldn't be to make declarative statements like this. True science would be to look at all sides and come to your own conclusion and to also be able to adapt your thesis when new evidence is put in front of you. And new evidence has been put in front of us. In fact, doctors that outrank this person have been coming out issuing many warnings about the side effects of the vaccines that aren't actually vaccines, um, warning people about the inefficacy of these failing vaccines because, I mean, I don't know how much more evidence in peer-reviewed journals you need. All you need to do is look at all these breakthrough cases, as you call them, using your uh, flawed PCR test. And you can go and listen to the actual guy who invented the test for more on that. But either way, is our concern when it comes to a deadly world-ending pandemic cases? Or would it be the mortality rate that is associated directly as a result of getting the said virus or flu or whatever you're declaring a pandemic over, not going into the hospital because you fell out of a tree or got in a motorcycle accident and then pinging a PCR test that's running at 40 plus cycles thresholds. That's no doubt going to be pinging false positives and using that as a case that then goes into the system, that then the media takes those numbers and puts it out there. And that's the basis of all the numbers that you're gathering and all of your data that you're saying is the irrefutable evidence. It's coming from a flawed testing system where hospitals have direct financial incentives to diagnose people with COVID as opposed to diagnosing them with, I don't know, things like the flu or just ill health or the fact that they've been smoking three packs a day their whole lives and, you know, whatever it is. So we got to, there's so many things to unpack with these people. And I'm shocked that somebody that has a medical background can't see it. And there's too many of these people out there. So either they're afraid to break the narrative, they drank the Kool-Aid or they've been paid off or they've been blackmailed. You know, I, I'm really out of options here, but I just said, you know, let's just keep going back to why are people 
A, continuing to get sick, even though they've had now three of these experimental shots in less than a year, and they're still getting sick. I don't think you need to go and comb through all the peer-reviewed journals and all that stuff. A lot of them are all owned and financed by big pharma anyways, and we've seen nothing but retractions and issues and you know, people coming out about the problems within the reporting system in the medical industry. Just observe what's happening around you. How many people do you know that got all the jabs and jumped through all the hoops and are sick as dogs right now or worse, that have had adverse side effects as a result of taking the shots? How many people do you know personally? Put it in the chat. And then go check out this thread. I linked it on my Twitter. You can get it right there. And this is a thread on um, athletes. So if you just need a place to go and get all the articles, they're all here. This, this might be a bit a couple of weeks behind. There's been more since, but you know, why is this stuff happening? Why is that happening, Doc? Is that normal? This wasn't happening until the introduction of these shots. So we've had two years of an alleged pandemic. And this wasn't happening until the shots started happening. You know, why is this guy on the ground right now? Young athletes. These guys have hearts. They have like horse hearts. They're in the best shape any human could possibly be. And they're dropping of heart attacks. Why? You know, MMA fighters. Young people, now they're going after 5 and 11. Are you insane? But of course, they want to get rid of um, that, what's his, Javovic? I can never say his last name from Australia. They want to deport him. <laughs> First time an athlete has ever been deported and let go for not taking drugs. That's, uh, that's interesting, isn't it? So yeah, that's just a good thread to have in your back pocket. Um, and I just wanted to just, you know, that's a good way to deal with this kind of stuff. You don't always have to get into the weeds. These people want to draw you into the battle they're used to fighting. Use some Sun Tzu and just go directly to the heart of the matter. Why are people, why is there even a single adverse reaction to these jabs? If they're being mandated, if, if one person dies because they took the jab, you can't mandate that shit. I'm sorry. And you can't advocate it as a doctor because you're supposed to do no harm. Now you're going to look at, a, at, you know, benefit, cost benefit ratios and all that. But if you really look at it, it's not looking too pretty and they don't work anyways. They don't work. People are getting sick and I think they're getting sick because of the jabs. And I think the jabs are what drove the variants. We probably could have been out of this thing way sooner. Um, all right. I'm going to play this guy. This kind of swings back to the whole trucker thing. Um, so this is a, one of the truckers, he just makes a quick little statement on this, on what's going on. 76,000 loads of freight that is not being put into the Canadian and the U.S. economy. That's 70, 76,000 loads of freight back and forth across the border that's not going to be happening. That's 38,000 loads of freight coming back into Canada, your food, your clothes. That's 38,000 loads of freight not going out of Canada. So if you work at a manufacturing company, you're going to be back stockpiled in stuff because there won't be a truck there to pick it up. You don't see this? Wake up. Wake up, and I would suggest you stock up.
Take care. Thanks. Well, there you go. Loads of freight. That is not. That's a lot of freight. That is a lot of freight. Um, and yeah, we need the truckers. So if the government is going to double down on allowing them to maintain their bodily autonomy and their freedom as an individual to decide what course of action is best for them. And of course, if you are dealing with a alleged vaccine, that's the savior of mankind made by the, what did that person say? The best doctor in human history or something. If that was actually true, then you wouldn't have to worry about people that didn't take your experimental drug, would you? Because that would protect them. So I still want to hear a coherent argument from one of these Kool-Aid drinking COVIDians that would answer that very important question. If you're telling me that I have to get a jab or you're telling these truckers that they have to get a jab and these truckers are self-isolated 95% of the time in their own truck cabins, all right? They're the salt of the earth, these people. And they're, they work hard. They work long hours. They risk their lives to bring food to you and goods and all the stuff you order on Amazon, okay? And the government wants to say, you don't have any rights to refuse this shot that's not working and is hurting and killing people? Because if it did work and it wasn't killing people and it was amazing, you wouldn't have to force it on anybody, would you? Usually the world reacts very positively to things that benefit the world. So people that I know, if it was super amazing and if they felt you know, amazing after taking it, like the way Trudeau was like, oh, you could just feel the vaccine going through your body. Like, I think he was on something else during that clip. Um, but if it worked, people would be, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done. I feel so healthy. I'm not afraid anymore. I can't get it anymore. I can't transmit it anymore. Let's open up the world. This should have been done. Boom. But no, we're three jabs in and even the CEO of Pfizer is coming out to say that they don't work. <laughs> and you're going to go and shut down the Canadian economy even more than you already did, government, by attacking the people who bring this food into our country and deliver it all over the country and have been doing so this entire pandemic, alleged pandemic, And now you're going to turn code on them. And so here's, what the, here's what's going to happen. You bit off more than you can chew, didn't you? Because they also ship stuff to your houses too. Right? And these guys are taking a chapter out of your book, which is Siege Warfare. And they are going to use that as a weapon against this country if they have to. Not because they're anti-Canadian, not because they're trying to harm anybody, but because their back is up against the wall. And I think we might just have to go through a little bit of stocking up some food and not ordering as much crap from China, from Amazon for a while, and just learn how to get involved with our gardens and our local communities and becoming self-sufficient and thinking like an entrepreneur. We're going to have to just do that for a few months here in Canada in order to show this tyrannical government that we're not going to take this shit anymore. And I want to start seeing big walkouts of pilots, of doctors. and I want to start seeing it because it's what has to happen. It's what has to happen. And then we can't just leave it there. We need to build a proper economy that's built on the principles of freedom. Again, that's the way. That's the way I see it. So this was a big mistake, I think. 
Um, and I'm just really hoping that they actually go through with it and it's actually effective. I hear there's loads of trucks heading to Ottawa right now. They're going to drive across the country. And, um, oh, here's another one. This is from Chick from Ontario. She's got a great Twitter, by the way. Talk to my sis today. She's a long hauler. That's another, another word for trucker. She said, this is going to be, this is being talked about by every trucker she knows in every trucker group she belongs to. It's in the truck. It's in the truck stops. Hold on to your asses and get your house stocked. This is going to be huge. And I'm hearing this from everywhere. So let's see how it breaks down. Uh, some good news. Police on guard for thee. Please go follow them on Twitter at police on guard. Uh, they were just reporting an update on um, constitutional lawyer Rocco Galati that he is recovering well. They say your prayers and well wishes have not gone on gone unanswered. Thank you to everyone who has reached out with your kind words. We look forward to fighting alongside Rocco upon his return. And so they've done a whole post on it, and uh, looks like he's recovering well. I was kind of worried that they were going to. Uh, try to COVID the man, but it looks like he recovered. So we've got, we, at least we have a, another lawyer in the fight. So the, I just sometimes post on here what I see people, you know, you can see them waking up. You can see them making the connections finally. So here's an example. My daughter's coworker tested positive for COVID at work. She couldn't understand it because she felt great. She got home, tested herself again, and the test was negative twice. Now everyone is beginning to question a lot of things. It's about time. It's just showing these tests are, it's ridiculous. So that other doctor that's like, can you imagine how many cases we would have had? Had we not gotten vaccinated? And even though people that are vaccinated are still getting cases, could you imagine how many more people would get sick? Even though if you get vaccinated, you can still transmit COVID to people. Come on, buddy. Come on. Yeah, there's the Dana White clip. All right, now here's some, uh, here's, this is what's coming around. I'm sure you guys are seeing this. The numbers are rising. Adverse reactions. Here we go. 38-year-old collapses in driveway last night, pronounced dead at the scene. Recent booster. 49-year-old was feeling ill last night. He decided to sleep on the couch. Uh, I don't know what that means. Unk vax. They probably misspelled something. His family just found him deceased this morning. I think they were saying he's recently vaxxed. Uh, real calls from my 911 center last night and this morning. So this is uh, apparently somebody that works on the call center and they're just kind of giving the rundown of what's happening. And if you go into the comment sections, you'll just see people. Yeah, here was the one I was looking at too. I've known five people the last two months to die of a sudden death. Two never woke up, two dropped dead at work, one strokes out in the shower. Never seen anything like this. Oh yeah, and then my wife shared with me a Twitter channel. What's the Twitter channel? Oh, I, I posted it on my Telegram. So you can go to my Telegram, DW Truth Warrior. I put it there. And if you want to check it out, there is a, an actual account on Twitter that is now also dedicated to reporting the jab side effects. And these things, they're, they're all over social media. Every social media channel has this. So it's, it's getting pretty crazy. So these people have zero argument that are out there pretending that none of this stuff exists. 
You can't pretend for much longer. Um, oh, I'm not even going to show you this commercial because I'll never get this time back. It's just more propaganda about how 14 year old kids don't need to ask their parents for permission to go get a jab, which is egregious. Now listen to this guy's story. Here's another story. We'll go through this thread. He said, so I took a single dose of Pfizer on October 22nd, 2021. Big mistake. So this is just someone that took one dose. I can guarantee you they're not going to take another one. Here's the story. Within 10 days of getting the shot, I experienced significant hearing loss in my left ear. I first noticed when I tried to do some mastering work in my home studio, I am simply literally unable to hear much of the audio content in the music. This has been confirmed by my GP, an audiologist, and an ENT that I have been seeing regularly. After my last assessment, it looks as though my left ear function has been reduced by approximately 63%. And this is since the jab, guys. And I am unable to hear any frequencies above 2K hertz. This has been devastating for me, a musician, a sound studio engineer, a parent who wants to be able to hear his daughter's voice. So I underwent treatment strong prescription drugs and injections throughout my eardrum in an attempt to restore my hearing loss. I took three, three steroid injections last week, which was a very bizarre experience. And I go for another audiogram tomorrow to see if there has been any improvement. I wonder if this, somebody can get in touch with this guy. If there's any more natural approaches this person could take uh, when it comes to your hearing. I mean, that's, that's pretty intense. I feel bad for this person, but Hey, this is, we tried to warn everybody. The only reason I did this, which is talking about getting the jab. The only reason I did this, I knew better than to do it. He said, was that I was worried. I would not be able to represent my clients adequately. If I was denied access to the courts, I thought I could play the odds. The hope is that my hearing is at least partially restored within five to six months, but the prognosis isn't good. Of course, the experts will tell you that this correlate, this is correlation, not causation. Honestly, how am I to prove otherwise? But I can at least ask this courtesy, apply the same standard of causation to my hearing loss as has been applied to COVID-19 adverse events. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Derek. Sorry, man. It's the way it goes. Better not to trust blindly the cult of the medics. And then here is a warning. This is a warning, guys. We better take heed to this. Share this with your friends and family. They need to start hearing from people that have lived through communist totalitarian dictatorships or fascist regimes or pick your version of totalitarianism. They need to start listening to people who've actually lived it instead of some kid that graduated college and was indoctrinated by their Marxist professors. Okay, Listen to the people that lived the experience. Don't listen to the whiteboard people. In communist Poland, this person is saying, we owned nothing and we weren't happy. He's got a whole thread on it. I won't go through the whole thing. Go check it out. But I've had guests on this show that were friends of mine that lived in places like Romania, Cuba. I know people who came from China. People who survived World War II. I grew up listening to those people, you know, and we've got tons of 
great writers, books you can read on people who gave their testimony about what went down. There's documentary films out there. It seems as if the world has failed history class. So this would be a good time to go and learn that history because these types of statements that are being made by the World Economic Forum, by your governments, by your friends and family now, because they're just parroting the media who's owned by those people. You need to confront them with the facts of history. We need to listen to the people that survived it because otherwise we're going to repeat this and they're going to try to make that a global standard for the world. Nobody wants that. Trust me. So then, you know, I do my bit trying to just take on this mainstream media monstrosity. And this is another argument you're going to hear from all your friends because they're all watching the news, right? Global news is saying we are full to the brim. We have people in beds, in rooms that we never thought we would make patient rooms. So what, like the mop closet? You know, you're full to the brim with what exactly? What are you full to the brim with? And don't you find it a little bit odd that they fired thousands of nurses and hospital workers for not wanting to take the jab, even though they worked successfully for two years on the front lines? So that could be a bit of a part of your problem. I mean, especially in Canada, we were already massively understaffed. Most doctors and medical people go to the U.S. because they get paid better. So Canada already had a big problem with our amazing healthcare system that's government run. It's actually crap. Because you're always in a waiting room. Even years ago, I remember, even as a teenager, you'd go and you'd have a shard of, I remember getting a shard of glass in my arm and I had to go wait for hours in the emergency room because they just don't have enough people to address any of these problems, let alone this. So I don't know, laying off people when it was already short staffed because they don't want to take the jab seems like utter insanity. And now you're going to come out and whine about it and try to mix that into your narrative so that the people that don't look at anything but mainstream news can be continually programmed with these arguments that are non-arguments. They can be debunked in seconds. This problem they're talking about, about the hospitals are overwhelmed. This is not anything to do with COVID. I'm getting that from nurses, from doctors, from people inside. You can see it. It just logically, it makes sense. If you're understaffed, you don't have enough staff to take care of patients. Yep, you're going to be overwhelmed. And also seasonally, look what season we're in. What season are we in, my friends? I'm not shouting at you. I'm just trying to put the argument out there because you're going to be confronted by the zombies out there that don't get this and aren't thinking. So you have to be the one that's thinking. And these are these arguments that you need to memorize. What season are we in? We're in a changing season. Yes, the climate changes. It changes all the seasons. Every time a new seasonal change happens, there's your climate change. I'm not going to get into that weeds, into the weeds on that right now. I'm just saying we're in winter season. We're in the season where everybody becomes vitamin D deficient really quickly, especially in Canada, because we don't get the same level of sunlight as where I am. I'm in, I'm in British Columbia. If, if we see the sun during the winter, it's like, oh my God, get outside. It's the sun. It's usually rainy and foggy and cloudy, right? So people get sick more with these kind of bacterial whatevers. 
but they want to roll this into this lie so that you stay in fear and then they can maintain this big scam so that they can complete their power grab. Well, it's not going to happen with people like us constantly exposing this. So yeah, I'm just putting that challenge out there. This is an irrefutable argument that I'm making here. And I challenge you to try to rebut it. The facts say otherwise. This is not about COVID. Here's another one from this person. The reason some ICUs have been, have more value. Okay. The, I'm going to just read this. This to me is an admission of failure. Okay. The reason some ICUs have more vaccinated than unvaccinated COVID patients is that there are many more vaccinated people out there. Oh, it seems like an argument that would make sense to somebody that doesn't think twice about it. But this person just admitted that there are more vaccinated than unvaccinated in the hospitals. And he's just trying to chalk it up to the fact, well, there's more vaccinated people, so it makes sense. You do realize what you're saying there, Doc. How could it be that people who got vaccinated ended up in the hospital with the thing that they got vaccinated to protect them against. How is that possible with even one case? If this thing is as good and as positive and as necessary as you're saying every, it is to the point that you're out there supporting the complete deplatforming and, and uh, shaming and all these firings and mandates for people who are not wanting to take this jab that clearly isn't working. What a bullshit argument. And then I just added another one. This is false. It's because anyone with only one jab is also considered unvaccinated. So there's that to plug into your data sets. They take, what is it like a two week, two week pause after you get the jab before they consider you vaccinated. So you don't get, you're not considered vaccinated on the day of vaccination. I hope you know you're considered vaccinated two weeks after you got the shot. I guess there's some lag time to get that MRNA and whatever the hell else circulating through your system. But yeah, think about that. How many single jabbed are in the hospital? Like we just heard from this guy who lost his hearing after getting one Pfizer shot. How many other types of, there's a diversity of negative reactions to this thing. Namely, they're all signs that your immune system is being assaulted and shut down. And actually, that's part of the admitted technology of this mRNA stuff is to essentially build a synthetic immune system in your body, which means they have to overtake and destroy the natural immune system. So that way you're a customer for life. And that life will be cut short. Because we're messing with the primal forces of nature and we're dealing with Frankenstein scientists, right, who are all following orders from people that think there's too many human beings walking around the planet. So... There's that to contend with. But really quickly, a good argument to tell those people when they're selling you, look at all those unvaccinated people in the hospital. Can you define unvaccinated for me, please? And then just sit back. That's all you got to do. Just, as soon as they say that this argument, here's what you do. Okay, let's, let's do some role playing here. The hospitals are overwhelmed. They're overflowing. There's people falling out of the windows. It's insane. We're using mop closets to house COVID patients. And it's because of the unvaccinated even though there's more vaccinated people now than unvaccinated, and it's admitted through all the data sets that we're looking at. But still. And we have high numbers of unvaccinated people in the hospital. So if they just got vaccinated, then they could join the ranks of the people who are vaccinated that are in the hospital. 
Well, the response to this ridiculous argument is, can you please define what it means to be unvaccinated? And then pass them the microphone and just listen. You know the answer. We're getting conflicting uh, data on that and conflicting stories on that that's changing all the time, have you noticed? Because they're wiggling around the narrative because they're being caught in lies and disinformation. But one big elephant in the room is you're not considered fully vaccinated unless you've had two jabs and now three and in other places four. Depends where you are. So what does that do to the data? If we eliminate all the single jabbed people that are being designated unvaccinated because they're not fully vaccinated, what does that do to the data sets? And then, you know, tell us about myocarditis. I, had you even heard of the word until 2021? I never did. I never heard that term before myocarditis, pericarditis. I had to do crash courses on that to learn about it. Now we've got kids that are coming home from school after getting their jabs, telling their parents that their chest hurts. So these doctors are spreading misinformation. And I'm wondering why they're not getting shadow banned and censored. And they don't even go to defend their positions. That's what's amazing. We're throwing down all kinds of gauntlets. I drop them all the time here on my show. Come, challenge me. Let's go. I'm ready to go. I'm not even a doctor. And uh, I'd, I'd be curious if you could survive a debate about this. But don't go with low-hanging fruit like people like me. Why not go and... How about this? There's people that have put money on these arguments. There's doctors associations, America's frontline doctors. I'm not sure if they did one. They're basically putting money down saying, I don't know if it's them. I don't want to spread misinformation on that. There are individuals and groups. If you know them, drop them in the chat to remind me of who they are, but have put money on the table. Some of them to the tune of millions of dollars to say, if you can show me the science proving the safety and efficacy of this vaccine and justifying the mandates of the government, or the lockdowns, or the masking, if you can prove it and debunk my argument, you win this money. How come none of these people are doing that? How come high-ranking doctors, Dr. Robert Malone, other people, can issue challenges of debate to their colleagues so that a, a scientific discussion could happen, and nobody's showing up to answer the challenge? What does that tell you? If they had any argument to make, they would just go, oh, God, it's just a big misunderstanding, guys. Let's sit down. Yeah, let's go. Challenge me. That's science. The truth is earned through battle. It's just the way it is. And they're not answering the call, which means they're afraid of the argument. They're afraid of the debate. Why would they be afraid of the debate if they have the truth on their side? The truth fears nobody. So I'm just giving you these things to think about so that as you're talking to people, Maybe don't always make it so complicated with getting into the weeds on the data that all they're going to do is sit back and go, well, you're not a doctor. So you're just make, you're, you're just an armchair researcher. You don't know what you're talking about. Get into conceptual arguments. Get into arguments that are talking about how to leave them with a question that they can't answer so that their logic has to kick in in order to rebut you. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? We got to use some Aikido moves here.
But I'm really pissed off that we, have, we still have doctors and politicians still to this day after everything we're seeing. And I could do hours and hours on everything we're seeing. I know you guys are already watching it, so I don't need to beat you over the head with it. Uh, but what we're seeing is not looking good on any of these fronts. And uh, so, and they're not answering the call for challenging debates or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, here's another one from this guy. Anti-vaxxers, and this is, they use slurs. This is part of psychological warfare and propaganda, dehumanizing your enemy, etc. Anti-vaxxers are using distorted statistics to claim that the COVID vaccines are ineffective. <laughs> Dude, you want to talk about distorted statistics? Let's talk about Neil Ferguson. Let's talk about 45 cycle thresholds with your flawed PCR test. Let's talk about diagnosing people with COVID who died with it, not from it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the vanishing of the flu. Where did that go? Is that some statistical, you know, meddling that we could be discussing here? And then, you know, I just said it like this. No, we're actually done with statistics in general because all the numbers used are based on flawed testing. And there are just too many conflicts of interest in medical science. That alone is, is a big, big glaring problem that would probably win you any debate in a real sane environment to just say, well, here's the track record of companies like Pfizer. Here's the track record of, you know, here's the Lancet study that they had to retract. That was this study that was used by all the fact checkers of the world back in 2020 to throw people like me off the internet. And it turned out that they had to retract it because it was, it was flawed. It was so flawed. It was so bad. It was not even any level of science whatsoever. And they had to retract it. And there's been multiple retractions. And there's still other journals that are being used as this is the science from the World Health Organization that cannot be challenged or reproached, okay? And they're definitely flawed. Many other scientists have gone in and debunked those and showed the flaws but they're still standing because <laughs> these guys would have zero argument if they just were honest about that. So we've got some meddling in the testing statistics arena, I would say. And we're not factoring all of those elements into our equations. So therefore any discussion about distorted statistics from your side of the argument is mute because it is you who are distorting the statistics. Okay. How about that? Come, debate me. Let's do it. If you think I'm wrong, come on. Call me up. Go to my website. Let's do it. Um, and then, yeah, we don't need all that stuff because all you got to do, I know people that are getting sick. They're having reactions. Everybody I talk to, I'm reading emails every single day. I'm having real life conversations. I'm having conversations with paramedics that are telling me this stuff. I see the ambulances zipping around all the time around here. And I can tell you right now, it's not because they're picking up COVID patients, okay? So don't talk to me about being anti-vaxxers and distorting statistics. You got no argument, buddy. And then we got, oh, look at this, a little movement from Premier Scott Moe. I call him Moe for show in Saskatchewan who's trying to pretend to be switching back to some semblance of a conservative stance on this. 
little too little too late there, buddy. I have heard people questioning the efficacy of vaccines. And since I'm fully vaxxed with a booster shot and I still tested positive for COVID. With Omicron, he says the vaccines are not stopping transmission. So there's an admission right there. But they should keep you from getting seriously ill. They should keep you from getting seriously ill. Is should uh, one of the words that we use in the science? Is that, is that how we discuss these things? Is that, hey guys, take all these jabs, experimental vaccines never used before. All these athletes are dropping dead, but don't worry. They should protect you. <laughs> Rest assured, they should protect you. And if you don't take it, by the way, we're going to dox you. We're going to fire you. We're going to hunt you down. We're going to kick in your door. We're going to make you have passports. We're going to restrict your access to all of society, even the places that your tax dollars go to fund, like your local swimming pools or whatever. All hinging on something that we're basically saying should not even stop transmission, not even eliminate the problem, but just kind of, I guess, helps you get through it a little bit faster. Like, and here's Dana White taking monoclonal antibodies and he's back healthier than ever after three days. Like, what do you do with that? And there's many, many examples of that. Okay, but still, I am thankful that I was testing regularly with a rapid test. I am thankful that I am fully vaccinated plus a booster dose. You should consider the same. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke. Candace Owens always just has such great arguments. I would like to apologize, she says, to all the people who are upset that I am unvaccinated and somehow survived COVID, a disease with an approximate 99.87 survival rate for individuals under the age of 65. I am too shocked that I survived those odds. <laughs> well, that makes two of us, Candace, and everybody listening to the show, no doubt. We've all somehow magically survived. And all the people who are getting the vaxes are just, they can't wait until we're dropping dead. But it's not going to happen. We're going to be inheriting the earth. I'm sorry. You can come join our side anytime. Okay, so this is getting into the episode that I'm about to drop on Unslaved. Um, let me see if my... My web developer has sent me the email saying that it's all up and ready to go. Um, this is a quote that is uh, really, really powerful to just what we're doing on this podcast here. And with this concept is to try to give you a real diagnosis of the psychological reasons why a lot of people don't want freedom, are afraid of it and are actually antagonistic towards it. It's just trying to give you the psychological profile of the people out there that don't want freedom. I mean, you might want freedom. You might be doing your personal development, your shadow work, researching, learning, becoming individuated, thinking for yourself, developing critical thinking skills, learning how to be self-sufficient, all that good stuff, not becoming a big cog in the wheel that is the Borg. You might be doing that, but the reason a lot of other people are not doing that is because of this. And this quote comes from Esther Villar in her amazing book called The Manipulated Man. Freedom is the last thing he wants. He functions according to the principle of pleasure in non-freedom. To be sentenced to a lifelong freedom is a worse fate than lifelong slavery. 
To put it another way, a man is always searching for someone or something to enslave him. For only as a slave does he feel secure. When you read quotes like this and you just stare at them for a few minutes and you read them a few times and you think about them, you'll start to see different pictures, right? So like if we just look at that last bit, only as a slave does he feel secure. You can start to make connections with the psychology or the, the personality type, the person that would be begging for more government tyranny right now. And there's a lot of those. There's a lot of raving fans of tyrants and criminals and cult leaders and psychopaths. It's amazing to see that history. Amazing when you step back. You, it's shocking, actually. You'll be shocked at how many times the vast majority of humanity has done this. But our question on enslaved, and definitely in this particular podcast, is why? Is why? Um, and think about that, the need to feel secure. Everybody has that need to feel secure, right? But if they can't become, if they can't feel self-secure, security generated from within, security given to yourself by your efforts, by pulling up your bootstraps and creating your life, then the only security you will ever find is from the external world, from the government, from the crowd, etc. And so that explains very simply why everybody is running away from freedom and running towards slavery. Is because to them, freedom is the most frightening thing that you could ever propose because with freedom comes what? That thing nobody likes to talk about, which is personal responsibility, to be free, to live freely, to think freely, to operate from the attitude of freedom, to take responsibility for your actions. But that's hell to people who are arrested in their development, who are afraid of life more than they're afraid of death. And you shouldn't fear either, by the way. And they didn't even listen to the warnings of many from the past who were saying, you know, if you give up your freedom for, for security, you'll be left with neither. That's a natural law. That's not someone's opinion. That's just, that's a natural law. If you give up your freedom, if you give up your mind, if you give up your innate ability to develop an intuition and a critical thinking apparatus in your head, if you give that up, then someone else will be dictating your life for you and you will be forever a slave. And not just a slave to them, you'll be a slave to your own, your own ego, your own fears, your own, the things you're afraid to address, your own traumas. You'll be enslaved to your trauma because if you don't address it and beat it, it will enslave you. And then what is a person like that going to do? They're going to go out and project that onto the world and they will enslave the world around them. They will sign you on to their fate that they've already signed themselves on. And that's why we have to always, as much as I am a champion for this idea that people are waking up, they're only waking, when I say great awakening, I'm not expecting at all for the world to suddenly awaken to these greater, deeper truths and understandings and to develop a, a genius level of thought on this. I'm not expecting that. I'm hoping for a great awakening, specifically with what's going on with this pandemic, with this, you know, all these subjects that we talk about. It'd be nice if 
instead of having critical mass of what the mainstream has been pumping into everybody's heads, what if it's in the potential that we could have a critical mass of the principles of freedom again, at least on a basic level, not everybody's going to go the depths of this, but on a basic level, we could at least bring back property rights and free speech and a right to defend yourself and a right for bodily autonomy to decide what medical interventions you take part in and which ones you don't giving the people the freedom of choice again. That's what I'm hoping for a great awakening for, right? But mass movements of people just getting out on the street with a bunch of signs, as, as well as I see positives for that in terms of the optics, in terms of, you know, showing the government, not everybody's just bending the knee here. A far better approach would be for every individual in society to stop escaping into the illusion of security that the crowd provides for you and stepped out as individuals in your own right and said, I'm just not going to comply anymore. And if I happen to find like-minded people that feel the same way as me, well, then we can work together and we can negotiate as individuals that respect each other's freedom. But to, to basically go from one Borg over to another Borg that isn't really being effective and is still escaping reality, that's not a solution. And I, that's, that's what we're trying to get at in this, in this episode. So I didn't want to dwell on that, but I definitely thought that's a really great quote to keep in the back of your mind as to understanding why people are running away from freedom and running towards slavery because that's what they're doing. But you don't have to do that. You have the choice to not do that. Well, I could go through more with you guys, but we're coming up to the end of the hour here. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, let me just jump back in here. Uh, so let's see how things go. I mean, in Canada, I feel like there is a big resistance mounting I'm meeting some really great people, hearing some good things, hearing some scary things too. The government's definitely going to punch back. They're not going to yield this lightly, but um, there are some positive things happening. I got to say too, I got to say, if you haven't seen Trump's latest speech, think what you want about the man, go watch his latest speech. I thought it was a pretty damn good one. And he started changing his tune a little bit too. And I'm seeing this happening across about you know, these vaccines and everything. I'm seeing this across the, the spectrum. I've even seen people that I was shocked to hear it from that are suddenly starting to openly admit that these things are failing. And so, you know, seems like some of these things are turning around. But never forget that all of these solutions to these problems are to be found within each of us. And you have to find out what it is in your life that you can do to contribute to your own freedom. If we wait around for everybody else, it's not going to happen. So we need people that are going to take action and do the right thing. And the best action you can take is to simply stop complying. Uh, one thing that I'm doing, because it's super annoying with this mask stuff, right? And even I, some days, I'm not in the mood to have to have literally 10 debates with people as I just go to pick up some a few groceries, right? So uh, I was having a great conversation with an awesome guy last night and his wife. And this gentleman was like 40 year veteran, um, RCMP, and he just got let go because of the vax. And he's awake to all this stuff. We were talking about, he and I talked for hours last night and he got a car, an exemption card that's laminated with like an official government seal and the whole thing. That's an exemption card. 
And he's like, we should just photocopy this and make a whole bunch of them. So that way it's just a deterrent for when you go into these stores and people just look at it and they go, oh, do you have a, and you just go, and they're, oh, okay. And he said, every time I go in any place and nobody questions me because I have this official looking thing that says exempt. And uh, I thought that was a good idea. So I might give it a try. I'm sure you guys all have your connections on this or your way of doing it. But what, instead of saying, well, okay, I'll just keep wearing the mask in that store, but not that store. And just, you know, making these little things. Why don't we just find a different way and just make this go viral that, hey, we've got exemption cards and just see how it goes. Um, that's just me thinking out loud. Let me know what you guys think. But we got to get rid of these. Ma the mask is the symbol of, well, it's the symbol of slavery and compliance, but it's the symbol of the pandemic. And that's why they needed, they needed to attack you on a symbolic level. And they, the, to, in order to make this whole plan work, they needed to attack us on a symbolic level by putting out the symbol of the mask so that it gives the illusion that we're in this world ending deadly pandemic. Um, and we all know about the problems. Actually, I found I've got a good list of very solid scientific arguments on the masks. I've been collecting this stuff for two years now, but I had a nice little, if you want, I can put it over on my telegram for you. Um, you know, just things like the OSHA insiders coming out to talk about masks, uh, health authorities, you know, all the Fauci's and Dr. Tams and everybody talking from their own mouths right from the beginning about how masks are uh, a problem and they're not effective and they cause viral pneumonia and all that good stuff. Um, we've got studies. I got a study here from 2019 on mask contamination in healthcare workers that shows respiratory pathogens on the outer surface of the used medical masks may result in self-contamination. Meaning <laughs> people wearing this stuff, they're not only are they breathing in their own uh, microbacteria and CO2 and slowly suffocating themselves, but when they're touching the mask and then touching everything else, they're continually reinfecting themselves with probably just some more viral pneumonia or whatever else bacteria build up. That's what it is. It's a big screen that's catching bacteria. And then that bacteria is just sitting in there with moisture. If you add moisture, bacteria, and a lack of oxygen supply, and you put that all together, what do you get? You get sick people. You don't get healthy people. So there's that argument. And then I've got, um, 47 studies that confirm ineffectiveness of masks for, for COVID and 32 more that confirm their negative health effects. So 47 studies total that are talking about how they're not effective, but 32 of those studies that confirm they actually have negative health effects. There's a good list there. And then I have another one, uh, 150 comparative studies. This is from Brownstone, brownstone.org. They're a great source. Uh, I think they got some good stuff over there. 150 comparative studies and articles on mask ineffectiveness and harms. So share those out to your friends and family. Keep fighting this good fight. Stand up for yourself. You don't even need to initiate these conversations. People are bringing it to you. But by no means should you be backing down. You should be just as confident as they are. The science is on your side. The truth is on your side. And if you have the spirit of freedom in you, you realize that that is more important than any of this stuff that they're trying to scare everybody with. All this doomsday crap, that is, first of all, there always are going to be dangers and challenges in the world, okay? But how are we going to live in the face of dangers and challenges in our lives and in the world around us. Are we going to live like cowards 
Are we going to live on our knees like slaves being dictated to by a bunch of incompetent, corrupt twerps in political office that voted themselves in through election fraud and answer to globalist institutions and the most wealthy, powerful people in the world that have their own agenda? Are we going to live like that? Is that how we live? Does that make you feel secure? That doesn't make me feel secure. That's the real danger. Fear is the real virus, and the government knows this. The media knows this. But now you know it, and now you don't have to be hypnotized by their crap. If you're empowered from within, and you live a life that faces danger and challenge, but you live that life with courage as your premise, you'll come home from battle unscathed, my friends. Living in fear alone, living in, and I'm not talking, living in the angst, in the anxiety, living in this perpetual depressed state, compliant state, is so bad for your physical health and mental health, it's incalculable. That's no way to live. That's the way to die. The path they're giving the world right now is the path towards death, death of your economy, death of life, living Living in the face of danger and challenge, but living free. Living the way every human was designed to live. They want the opposite of that because they want to suffocate your economy. They want to suffocate your freedom. They want to suffocate your humanity. And they want to suffocate your children by putting these freaking cloth masks all over their faces. Unmask a child. That's the new movement. You want a movement? You want an ice bucket challenge? Unmask a child today. Just take it right off or talk to them and make sure you get their consent. Don't go and half these kids would probably love to. We got to stop that. That's why I get up and do this. I could care less what the adults want to do. The kids. You want to train them to live in a world facing life like a bunch of cowards and slaves? Is that really fundamental values that you want to install in them at their most precious developmental stages in life? You want to cut them off from empathy? I don't want to do that. And I'm the one spreading misinformation? Are you sure about that? I'm not talking to you guys. You know who I'm talking to. I've just had enough. I've had enough. I'm tired. I'm not giving up. You have no idea the level of passion and fight I have in me. No idea. I will fight this. I want to fight. I'm ready to fight. I can't wait. Come on, bring it. Let's go. But I'm tired. I, I just, I don't want to live in that mode. I could live in that mode. I'm a warrior. I come from that. It's in my genetics. It's in my mindset. It's who I am. But I want to put the warrior away and let him rest. I want to go and, you know. And I do. I, I, I tell myself this. I feel it. And it, 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 that feeling of the weight of all these things that I talk about on my show and all the stuff we're all looking at, it can, it, can affect your, it can affect your overall vibrancy. It can affect your ability to go out and live your life and all that because you, you just can't get away from it. Like I, I try so hard. I try to go, okay, I'm not looking at my phone today. I'm not doing any of this stuff. I'm just going to go out hiking. I'm just going to go with the kids to the park. I'm just going to go and do this and do that. And then I'm sitting there going, well, okay, where am I going to go? Everywhere you go, there's signs. Everywhere you go, there's maskers. Everywhere you go, you know, you can't even use a restroom somewhere without showing your papers. So you're constantly reminded of it. 
And then you turn on a show and they're, you're trying to get away from it and they're talking about it. You're trying to watch a sporting event just to get your mind off it and they're talking about it. So then I go and I read my books and I do my thing and I do what I can. But I, I, wanna, I want the world, I want to have a world for my kids. And that's another thing. When you have kids, there's a different stake in it now. There's a different stake in what's happening in the, in the society than if it's just you. So I'm, I'm out here fighting for them. If it was just me, I'd probably go lock myself in a log cabin and just wait this over, but I can't do that. So I'm here with you. I hope you're here with me and we can win this. Let's not give up. I know you're tired too, but this is where we actually have to, I got to tell you, this is actually where we got to turn up the heat. It's like we're in the 12th round and the last thing you want to hear from your corner coach is, okay, I know you've just been through 12 rounds of hell and you're totally bloody and exhausted and beaten up and you probably can't even see straight right now but I need you to give me the best round you've ever given in order to win this fight. Like that's the last thing you want to hear as a fighter sitting on the stool, but it's what you need to hear. And it's what has to happen in order to win. And that's where we're at. We're in the 12th round folks. This is where we are. So we got to dig deep and fight back. And the way we fight is not to do something stupid. The way we fight is to keep networking, keep learning, keep doing your inner shadow work every single day. Take care of yourself. Try to remind yourself every day, what are you fighting for? What are you grateful for? Whenever you feel the weight of the world coming in, use gratitude as your weapon. That gratitude energy for life, for nature, for what you've been given, for the blessings that you do have. That's like, it reminds me of that scene in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is riding on the horse and you got the drag school flying around and he's just got that beam of light that just makes them go... To me, that's what gratitude, that's what that can do. Get rid of those uh, feelings of pessimism. That's a good way to fight that. So fight that every day. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for your freedom. More people are doing it, but even if they weren't, do it anyways. Because you're going to live the life of courage. And you're going to live the life of a free soul. Because that's your destiny. That's all I got, guys. I hope that helps. I wish you well. Thank you all so much. I had some people donating stuff on Foxhole. What do we got? Um, let me go and make sure I thank you. That's some good comments. Thank you so much. Oh, by the way, the Cult of the Medics hoodie looks awesome. Thank you, Max Anon. You like that? It's nice and shimmery, and it's so cozy. And check out this hoodie. Look at that. Rise attire. Oh, over there. Which way? It's backwards. And then Cult of the Medics. We've even got some, got the website there. They did such a good job. The colors, I love this thing. I wear this thing all the time. I fell asleep in it. It was so comfortable. That was just me. So thanks for that, guys. And thanks to uh, some of the donations over here. That was That's amazing. Um, oh, uh, Babs Black Sheep, thank you so much for the cookie. Uh, but yeah, thanks to all of you for continuing to tune to this show. I've got some more shows coming up for you. I'm going to be getting started on chapter seven of Cult of the Medics uh, very soon, collecting all of the notes and everything I want to include in that one. That's going to be a real good one for you. And um, definitely go check out Unslaved for our latest uh, podcast. We've been really killing it over there. And thank you all for tuning in. I wish you well. And don't worry, we're going to win this. All right. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk again soon. Bye for now.